cut but morally corrupt. It's Forwards Backwards Podcast, not from the corner of Glenway and Monroe, and not from the Gimme Some Truth Studios. This week, we talk no football, only vibes, best beer-related celebrations, and why exercise is the dumbest idea ever. As always, I'm joined by the Antonio Carlos Jobim and João Gilberto, to my Stan Getz, Kyle Carr, the hardest working man in Madison sports podcasting, and Dan Fallon, who revealed Saturday why hard work really isn't his cup of tea. Dan, Kyle, after all of the soccer results this weekend, do you believe in a kind and benevolent God who loves all of her creations and wants happiness and light for all? No, but it was nice that things went my way for once. <laughs> it was it was a little bit of a strange weekend to to be reminded that uh, good things do happen to good people occasionally. Uh, and so uh, we're also very lucky to be joined. Uh, let me say I have converted to the Church of John Coltrane this weekend. That's the only church I will join. Uh, we were all, we're also. Oh, yeah, what about the Jesse Marsh church that you guys were starting? Like, what about that? <laughs> That's true. Dan, we, we will have to revisit that in light of him joining Leipzig. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with Germany. Keith, you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, as a poll, it's a little tough for me, I'll be honest. We have a, you know, residual history there. So we may have to, you know, maybe we can set up across the border in Poland and, and commute over. This is one of this is kind of one of the uh, the uh, we have I, I want I don't want to usurp your 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 power here, Keith. But we do have one guest on the show today who who made a comment that it, this is a tough podcast if you start in the middle because you'll miss out on all the inside jokes. So uh, you know, for for the new listeners who just tuned in after that amazing game on Saturday night, we make a lot of Polish jokes, but it's okay. Keith's Polish. It's okay. And the only other listener to our podcast, Kuba Shushostaniak, also Polish. So allegedly, um, allegedly, we're still yeah. checking into that. I mean, his yeah, name, name, yeah, little, little, you know, it's it's borderline. It's Polishy. Uh, it's it's Polishy Polish. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but one of the inside jokes, by the way, for for people who are not aware, is last year the club arranged for a Zoom call with then head of. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg, uh, Jesse Marsh, who's from Racine, Wisconsin. And uh, it was the most inspiring 45 minutes of early pandemic life that any of us had listened to and had us basically ready to move to Austria and, and basically start a church in his honor. We'll get to it later, but it's the reason I was not able to be at the match on Saturday. I was so inspired to start training, to become a player. <laughs> to play for, for Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg or wherever Jesse Marsh ends up that, uh, yeah, that led to me not being at the match on Saturday. The, the, the problem you have here, Dan, is the oldest player in League One has joined us today, and he's <laughs> 10 years younger than you. Uh, six, seven, six, six or seven. seven? Uh, I don't know. Well, in any case, we're lucky to be joined by <laughs> Madison Captain uh, Connor. Thompson. I know he's old. I know he's old enough to move into my apartment building later this year. <laughs> Is that a verified thing that I'm the oldest player in the league? I don't know. If we did research, we would probably research that. Where's Optoli? He's the only guy that has any credibility. In this uh, that's true. Optoli announced Jimmy Chitwood-esque, by the way. So Optoli had a rough uh, match as well, but he will tell you the Currywurst saved his life. 
Uh, he announced, like Jimmy Chitwood, he's coming back to the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Opta Lee bringing you a sobering look into the most important numbers and statistics from this weekend's match. In Saturday's 1-0 win over North Carolina FC, Derek Gebhard scored the game-winning goal with 1 minute and 45 seconds of the 3 minutes of stoppage time already elapsed. This was the latest winning goal in forward Madison history, coming with only 75 seconds remaining. At a blood alcohol content of... 0.075, you'd be just under the legal limit to drive a car. Physical and mental effects at a BAC of 0.075 include disinhibition, extroversion, and euphoria. While I definitely didn't have a BAC as low as 0.075 on Saturday, those were actually the same effects I saw from the crowd after that game winner. So, based solely on the numbers, I'd say that goal was scored at precisely the right time. Until next time, this is Opta Lee reminding all the kids listening that drinking is very bad. Maybe the only thing I took out of that is he's full on board Church of Jesse Marks, given the curry words Germany, he's in. I think so. I think he's he's coming to uh we're also lucky to be joined by the original Floor Mingo, uh David Magnus. Uh not for my parents, David Marinus. When I said you were staying with me this weekend, David, uh, my my parents said, "Oh, what's his last name?" And I said, David, "His name is David Magnus." And they said, "Oh, we met him on a cruise." And I'm like, "No, you didn't." And then they were describing all the books you had written, and I'm like, "No, that's yeah, no, that's David Marinus." I live all the way in Florida. I might have a separate life that you don't know about. I might have met, I might have met your parents on a cruise. I've been on many a cruise before. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Have you written any books? I know you have as many letters after your name as I do, but have you written any books? I mean, not books that are uh, G-rated enough for this podcast. <laughs> oh. Uh, this podcast well, is not even G-rated, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ster- I see Sterling looking at me, so I need to make it G-rated. He's heard worse. That's fine. <laughs> Mostly during Bucks games, I believe. Yes. Um, so uh, this, you know, all of these perspectives. Dan watched at home, and we're going to ask him why he watched. Are you going to introduce our other guest? <laughs> yeah, you kind of forgot to do that. Wait. Wait. Who didn't I introduce? Sterling? No. <laughs> I did. I introduced Connor. I don't think so. You started to. You started to. Then someone cut you off. Okay. We're also lucky to be joined by forward Madison co- Captain Connor. Co-captain. 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 Connor Turbo Tobin. Uh, first, que- I have first question for Connor. Was there any discussion in the locker room whether you or Keegan gets to pound the beer after the game now? Uh, that discussion hasn't come up, but he's, I, I mean, he sounds Irish. So I am again, I, Dan Fallon can make that joke. <laughs> Daniel Francis Fallon can make that joke. <laughs> I haven't seen him prove his medal in that regard yet. Okay. He's done right. a lot of other things to earn it. I haven't seen that part of it. Fair enough. Set up yet. Fair I mean, enough. Would we have two captains chugging beers after matches? I mean, I was trying to get some of the young guys involved. Someone, a guy like Tyler Allen might be up to the task. That guy can delete some beers. We could do boat races. I I was thinking Gustavo would be the one to join in out of all the young players. I'll put my money on Gustavo. He's from Long Island. Just because he's from Strong Island, went to Stony Brook, and always going to drink his Natty Light. (laughs) 
Um, uh, you know, I, I think Audie being from Green Bay has a chance. Uh, uh, Aiden, Aiden from Kohler, however, they're not. That's a. It's not really Wisconsin. It's Kohler. It's not. It, Kohler is like Pleasantville. You want them in your forties with like the thirty-two yeah. years. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you know if we still had the sponsorship deal with the Essen House, you guys could pass a boot after the match. You're talking my language. So the, or get two one. beers, one for Turbo and uh, one for Jake Keegan. Whoever pounds it first gets the armband for the next game. Oh, N- now we're talking. But I want no, I'm intrigued. Sometimes, so. I don't, um, know. I don't know if I can. By the way, w- was I able to get in? Uh, very clearly, the amount of drinking I did this weekend has affected my short-term memory. Uh, was I allowed to get in my line about having five different voices here will allow us to provide a Rashanamanan-esque recap of the NCFC forward Madison match? Because if I can get in, in a Japanese film reference, Kurosawa, if you will, I've got to do it. Um, and so we're going to get all of the perspectives. Uh, Connor, um, and, and, you know, it was your first time back to Bree Stevens after, after last year. David, it was your first time at Bree Stevens ever, even though you are perhaps one of the most loyal supporters and, and have gone on numerous away days. Uh, Connor, walking back on the field for the first time in, in 601 days, as you know, every newscaster has reminded us, what, what thoughts were coming across and, and what, did it, what did it mean, I guess? Uh, it was special. You could feel like even getting to the stadium was going to be special. Warm-ups, all that. And then, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but Carl had all his tactics and all that stuff set up. And, you know, gives his pregame talk. He walks out of the room. We kind of grabbed the guys and kind of said, uh, this place is a powder keg. Forget all of that. Let's just run at him and chase him the first 10 minutes. Get the ball forward to get after him. <laughs> um, this, this place is ready to explode. And it was like, we need to get the fans. You know, everyone's excited to be here. Let's get the first 10 minutes going. And I think we did a great job of that. I'm sure Carl will forgive me for saying that. But, and, uh, like, you could feel it. Like, you everyone it was it was palpable like you feel in the locker room like hey if we just go after them early like this place is gonna explode and then it took a little bit longer to get the goal but i think you saw that kind of eruption <laughs> there was a small explosion uh for you david first time at breeze for this this kind of match um you grew up here in madison so you've probably been to breeze before what was what, what was your impression early going so i uh, yes, I've been to Breeze before, but obviously not for Ford Madison matches. Uh, I've been on the wall in the supporter section at Orlando City multiple times, and we only had 1,500 people in Breeze, and it felt as loud and as energetic as any MLS game I've been to, where there were many thousands of more people standing in the supporter section together. The, that energy was was insane. And uh, uh, hopefully we were heard all the way on the other side of the stadium where uh, uh, forward was uh, attacking to, to begin the game. And then it was great to have the attack come back to us on the second half so that we could be right there at that last second. It was pretty amazing. Um, just to, to, I had talked pregame, you know, while wearing my giant flamingo costume. So very clearly I was an official credentialed me- member of the media at that point. I was talking to Connor Kaloya. And they opened the gates early 
you know, to kind of, uh, and they had a reduced price on beer and Connor kind of turned to me and he goes, we weren't prepared for this many people this early that, <laughs> you know, like 200 people showed up two hours before the match, um, should give you some idea of like the kind of pent up demand. I think that there was for this match and being back at breeze among all the spectators, um, and Kyle, from the from the capo stand, did you feel the the sort of energy early going? Yeah, with especially with the shallow laws, we had said we weren't going to do it outside the stadium. That was because of all the restrictions and everything. We couldn't do it. But Andrew and I had talked about it, and he kind of threw the idea: let's just do it right after the national anthem. You know, when the players are going out, that's going to be the perfect time. And that's when I knew this was going to be a special night with how much energy everyone had, with how loud everyone was. I, it didn't feel like it was reduced in capacity to me. It felt as though it was near, it was getting closer to the full capacity that we are so used to in 2019. So for me, seeing that early on, and I think the toughest part was a remembering all the chance and make sure to get that going. That took a little bit, um, but also sustaining that throughout the whole 90 minutes. I mean, the flock end was definitely doing a great job at doing that. I was losing steam halfway through the first half. And then I was able to get another wind second wind almost through the second half. And especially when it got closer to the end of the match, when it felt as though that goal was coming, the attacks was creating a lot of chances. There are a lot of set pieces or a lot of corners and it felt as though they're going to score a goal. So then it kind of renewed that energy for everyone else. So no, it felt great. It was it was good to be back on the capo stand. I need to remember how to capo again, but I, I think overall the energy was there from before kickoff and it carried over even after the match. Let's turn to Dan Fallon. Dan, had you started vomiting yet at this point? <laughs> uh, I believe the vomiting started around five thirty. Um, so why don't you tell people? So I, you know, as everyone knows, we're married and live together. So whenever you don't show up somewhere, I have to answer for your absence. Why don't you tell everyone what happened to you and why you weren't at the match? This is going to sound like a humble brag, but it really isn't. Um, I've, uh, I've, <laughs> I've long wanted to run around Lake Monona. Uh, I am a regular runner, so this wasn't, wasn't completely out of the blue, but, uh, the conditions seemed perfect on Saturday afternoon. It was, you know, kind of cool and rainy and drizzly and uh, off I went and uh, finished. I uh, was very excited and then think I actually almost ran to uh, Mc, or, uh, Central, or McPike Park. I was going to meet you guys, just come right there and chug a beer uh, in honor of one of our uh, just distinguished guests today. I think that was probably a very good idea that I didn't do that. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, nausea set in. And um, despite my better attempts to ward off that nausea, it led to uh, projectile vomiting. And um, <laughs> and uh, despite Keith uh, saying that I was dead to him, I, I refrained from sending a picture of the toilet, which I think shows a lot of growth and maturity on my part that I didn't take a picture of said chunder in the toilet <laughs> to send to Keith. Um, but yes, I was not in any condition to go to the match, um, which clearly I was upset about before the match started, clearly more upset about after the match ended. Um, I will say the energy was palpable on television 
Um, and uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> so just to confirm, no, I did not go to the match and I had a ticket in my phone and it did not get used. And uh, I will forever have to live that down. <laughs> Well, in addition to not going to Lansing, in addition to not going to Lansing. So I now have, I have yet to see Keith in the Flamingo costume, uh, which I actually count as a win. That's three points for me, but. Uh, You're you missing know. out. Um, I don't know if I, maybe I'm not really a true fan anymore. Although it the makes ri- it really I, easy to find out where Keith is. Cause all I have to do is look for the flamingo head, just sticking up. And it's like, okay, that, there he is. It's very easy to find him. If I ever needed him for it anything. looks like, it looks like an aroused dog. Um, so Keith, what did uh, Keith, what did work have to say this morning? Did anyone see you on the news? Uh, I shared the news clips widely. And uh, everybody was basically like, Keith, you do not sound like you had the number of beers that you describe yourself as having, because uh, my day started with the FA Cup at 11.15. Also, you drank more. I feel like you drank more at the stadium, so you're probably in a nice little break when you did that interview. That was kind of your middle ground. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Um, but I think one of the cool things as well this weekend was NCFC supporters came up and, uh, this is not with Willie, huh? Do you have a run in with Willie the whale? Uh, I did not have a run in with Willie the whale. Willie the whale is an awesome dude. Uh, we met him at Ulbrich gardens and, uh, he is the creator of the flamingo suit. And so with him being there, usually I reserve the flamingo suit for away games. Um, but you know, this being the, the creator being there. And so Connor, you were actually intimately involved in the creation of the flamingo suit that I wore. And if you don't, if you haven't yet, I highly recommend checking out the interview on channel 3000.com. They also talked to me and David is uh, standing next to Grant Peters, who David learning one of the important things, part of the reason that uh, Grant and uh, Zach get along so well is they have a real, Laurel and Hardy in that one talks and the other one is completely silent. <laughs> and and I, I waxed eloquent for channel 3000 or whatever. And I just stood there looking like an idiot in the clips because they didn't really take anything that I said. Uh, they, they did. Uh, I guess they did spell my name right though, which they didn't uh, figure out how to do that for you, Keith. I mean, I can't believe they didn't spell Keith right, but they got pony laws. Perfect. Well, they spelled it like three different ways during the course of that article. Um, but, you know, it's a 24-hour news cycle, David. Standards have slipped. Uh, but, Connor, you were intimately involved. And, and David, you had met the, the NCFC folks before in the creation of the costume. And what Willie kept telling me was, Connor said, you show up in a pink flamingo suit, Will, and I'll get you a keg of beer. Is that how that actually shook out? Yeah, via Twitter DMs. He was like, hey, a bunch of NCFC fans are talking about going up to the game. Can we get some beers? Um, and I said, well, what are you going to do for me? He said, I know I usually wear the whale suit. You get me a flamingo suit, and I'll wear that, but you got to bring me beer. That was the quick pro co. And so Will created the, the flamingo suit and thought he would never wear it again. And so they gave it to you, Dan, and you, Kyle, in the Metro Ford Kia Microbus for the trip back and somewhere in the wilds of West Virginia, 
you decided I should be the one to inherit and wear the kit. Is that? Yeah, we also, we also, it, we tied it to the back of the, the minibus and just let it drag behind us the whole way home to really like, really marinate it, get America into As it. Jovan so it was, was like, driving like 90 miles per hour in the whining Appalachian <laughs> <Yeah>. mountains. <laughs> While Jovan was on two, two wheels as we came off of highway inter, interchanges. Um, yeah, did we just really. You know, all this. What's that? JP oversaw all of this. I think so. I think yes. so. Yeah, he, he was he, pretty much in charge. Yeah, he had some <laughs> concerns on. You know, he had some worries and concerns, but he persevered ish to an extent. JP made it through the taco dinner where he had been. Uh, he was full of cheese, and he was talking to Connor Kaloya, and we felt like after that he could handle any anything we threw at him. After that, kind of you get the yin and yang of management between him and. Uh, Chris, just kind of balance each other out. Perfect harmony the whole time. <laughs> and again, David, we've, we've wandered into very inside jokes here on the podcast. And that, that I don't think we can explain out loud. Yeah. We no, cannot I, explain that and, out loud. And so here's, here's what I'm going to tell you as well. Part of the reason that this return to Breeze meant so much was that the NCFC folks were there and, you know, you guys had met them prior and knew them. And, and Kyle, you host another podcast, uh, simulcast live event extravaganza. I don't know what to call it exactly. Uh, with Ebony, who's a NCFC supporter. Dan, what were you going to add? Well, I, I also, as, as someone who watched from home, not at Bree Stevens, I had some other experiences. And Connor, I just want to let you know that the, the announcer was waxing poetic about you and that all these clubs you've played for, that you're still loved by the fans and that people... Uh, still hold you in such high regard. And, you know, whether it's Minnesota or North Carolina, they didn't mention Vermont. They, he, he didn't get into the whole Vermont thing. I don't know what you did to those people, but um, that it, it really shows what an anti-catamount. What a, what, a, what a quality human, not only a quality player you are, but what a quality human being you are. So that's a little tidbit I got from uh, sitting on my couch, shivering with, with the blanket pulled up, <laughs> pulled up to my chin. <laughs> I really got the wool pulled over people's eyes here. <laughs> that's, that's good work incorporating the wool and the blanket. I think you, you tied those threads together well. Um, so what, what, what I want to do very quickly is... Um, we don't do anything very quickly, well, Keith. Before, before <laughs> Connor goes, you know, very quickly, the, the, the goal, turnover in midfield, gets knocked to Malloy. Malloy plays it out to Keegan. Uh, David and I studied the the clip of the goal like it was the Sapruder film. David, you suggested that perhaps the, the flock end was the grassy knoll. Um, Keegan looks to be crossing to Fusan, who makes an early move to the near post and then moves far post. Goalkeeper, who had otherwise, and I, I think a pretty solid game, parries the cross. Gebhardt comes out of, you could say, nowhere, you could say well off the ball to bury the ball in the back of the net. Connor, what, what did you see from your vantage point? I mean, it's a classic game plan. You get down the end line, you put the ball into the corridor of doubt and you just let, let defenders and goalkeepers make mistakes. And, um, and Gebhardt just showed up. And I, and one thing we can talk about too, is Gebhardt had a, a great all around game, but, Everybody and Dan, you were watching at home. So from your vantage point, you know, 
um, dehydrated you were, you know, uh, without your, what'd you go with a little, uh, howling bay, how long bay for your, you know, what did you vacate? Uh, I actually got the, uh, vegan Buffalo chicken sandwich from green owl cafe. I don't want to blame them though. Cause that thing is fucking delicious and I eat it all the time. So it wasn't their fault. Um, it was the running. It was the trying. Yeah, to it was, and I, Look, I'm going to be I'm honest, me- your, your body rejected an oxymoron. A vegan <laughs> buffalo chicken sandwich. <laughs> I'm actually. Like, I actually think I should. Thing. You know, like upon reflection, even though like I don't want to blame it on this. I mean, Friday night, I didn't have as good a time as Keith, uh, but I did have you know four beers, a couple of gin and tonics, and a fish fry, and then ran 12 miles the next day. So you know, it's like. Who knows what it was? <laughs> that, that, fish, that fish fry was effing delicious. It was delicious. And again, I don't want to blame the Argus. This was all, as I said in my text message, I have no one to blame but myself, which is the, well, most, frustrating, is which is the most frustrating part because I'd much prefer to blame somebody else. And again, this is the oxymoron here, Dan. You've spent 40-some years treating your body like absolute garbage and then here on Saturday, you decide, oh, I'm going to treat my body well. <laughs> it knows. It had trained. It was anticipating going to the forward Madison game. And like Keith, drinking approximately 160 ounces of beer. Based on my calculations, which is five 32-ounce beers. But what did you have before you got there? Three or four Miller High Lifes. <laughs> what did I have before that? Keith, uh, yes, Keith, can you please explain to all the listeners what your dinner was the night before the game? Miller High Life. You can't. There was no dinner. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, no I dinner. I said, I'm going to drink my it dinner. Was, they said, Keith, do you it was want all Miller High Life. I said, no. Your, your, your loving friends were trying to put actual food into you, and you refused and said, I'll have another High Life, please, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he said. I think the summary of this is that Forward Madison is back. <laughs> you're the only one that has training figured out you train yeah. like you play yeah exactly why would you if you're only gonna put liquid in on game day why would you do anything different on another day look uh you know we can debate my life choices um but in, in these regards you know 160 ounces of beer i was ready i'd been training for that to, to transition just very quickly while we still have him here Connor, it seems like you guys are playing much more on the front foot this season. (laughs) Um, Sitting at home watching this game, watching uh, the first game of the season, there seems to be a different sort of of urgency when you guys have the ball. Uh, Get it wide, get it direct, get guys going forward. Uh, Is that, you know, what Carl's talking to you guys about? Is it a function of who you have on the team? But I, I mean, it... There's been a lot of text messages going around about how this is a lot more pleasing on the eye to watch. It's a lot more enjoyable to watch how much of that is kind of happening on the training pitch and, and then showing up on the field. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's still a lot that we got to do and add. Um, but I think you see a lot of Carl's personality show up. Been working a ton with the group on you know, what he'll call thrust to get forward and, you know, create the right. When, when he says that, do you giggle? <laughs> Every time, Keith. <laughs> I imagine in my head, what, what would Keith do in this situation? <laughs> Just a little gleeful giggle. Yeah. Good. Um, 
but Neil, yeah neil even chuckles doesn't he yeah neil who knows he's just too has worried he gone fully him. has he gotten fully into coaching and he can't giggle anymore when someone says thrust neil doesn't giggle around the field yeah. he's super serious but um, no, you can see some of the patterns of play coming out. Uh, we still have to work and get better at identifying situations. One of the things that Carl tries to do is like give everything a structure, but then within that structure, you have to identify what happens in the game because you're the one playing. So in a lot of ways it promotes creativity within his system, but, uh, we're still figuring each other out. So I think there's some of that, but then there's also, there's no question that some of the new faces have helped us, um, I think across our attacking group and even through our midfield, um, we've added a ton of quality. So you're seeing that come out. So excited, but also I know there's still a ton of work to get to where we want to get to. Yeah. And like the one, the one thing I would say is that Jake still seems a little disconnected at times, like even on, even on Saturday night, like he, he obviously has shown up in the perfect moment in both matches, but he hasn't necessarily been kind of integrated into the whole whole match as much. I mean, particularly in the first match where he really was kind of dealing with scraps and then, but he also shows that he's an absolute professional and that like when the moment comes, he can yeah. kind of deliver. No, we have to get him more involved, but uh, you know, sometimes when teams sit deep in a lower block, like they do his job is not necessarily to be intimately involved in the play. It'll be to occupy the two center backs to create space for other people. And then what we pay him to do is get on the ball in the box and create goals or score goals. And he's done that both games. So yeah. He's done what he's paid for. I mean, in the run of play, I sh- I'm sure if you talk to him, he wants to be more involved. But at the same time, if that's how teams want to defend against us, it's uh, sometimes his job to uh, take attention away and for other people to make use of that. How has your role changed uh, with, with Carl? Um, you know, we saw uh, Dan texted even with multiple exclamation points, long diagonal ball from from Turbo. Um, in terms of the the buildup, you know, what kind of uh, expectations are there that are, are changing this year for you as a as a center back? Do you remember that pass, Connor? It's my left foot, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> that was like a fifty yard diagonal ball with your left foot. I was like, oh yes. <laughs> That's the one ball that. Carl doesn't particularly like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing just a spike in that. <laughs> I have this in my locker. <laughs> um, well, you know, if we're going to eat on your 50 yard off foot uh, diagonal balls, you know, we may starve. I spit up a little I'll bit eat. when that happened. I was and done with it, but I was just like, oh, that was podcast. amazing. Do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you told us we were nothing without Optalee. So, you know, I'm, I'm just coming back. Who uh, this we is, to be honest. Like, I, I feel like I'm not a part of that we. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just chilling over here. No, uh, Carl, there's more structure to what we're doing. So, at times, if you have the overload of the center back, he wants me or Gustavo to drive and create penetration and commit people to find pockets of space. But I think one of the big things that's happened is we've actually talked and we're working on how do we maintain balance as one of us do that. maybe in previous seasons there wasn't quite the freedom to do that because we hadn't um it just wasn't the style of play that we were playing and it wasn't really addressed so uh, it might have been opportunities but you're kind of hesitant to do it because you're not sure how other people are going to react and whereas we specifically talk about the situation so um certainly 
Carl's taking me back a few years to try to become a more rotting left-sided player again, like I was early in my career. So uh, that part's fun. <laughs> Kyle, David, any, any further questions before you, Connor, we know you have a, another commitment here. I have, I have two questions. First, which came first, the thrust or the penetration? <laughs> <laughs> and the, you don't have to answer that. And the second question is, are you going to put, are you going to, when you get the head on the ball, the next game, is it going to be right in the back of the net? I mean, I feel like I owe it to Malloy in the service right now. He's putting great balls in the box and uh, putting balls in there that are actually easy to attack. So I got to get better in that respect. These old legs take a few games. To- <laughs> is, I was going to say, the last thing I have is you you will have to do a 50-yard diagonal ball every match now, at least once. <laughs> you, are not, you are not obligated to do that. I feel like Carl is going to push back on that real strongly. He really doesn't – like, I, I'm not, like, overplaying this. He really doesn't like that ball. Well, I, I, I – yes, I would um, – here's what I'll tell you. The, the disgusted look I made – when Dan was explaining to us why he couldn't make it to the game on Saturday, I, I look up in the stands. If you see the pink flamingo, it will have a very similar disgusted look. If you're playing consistent 50 yard diagonals with your off foot. Sometimes you just got to show that you got spray cans in the feet and you can open it up. Uh, I mean, I this is the, you know, one of the things that a coach uh, and I imagine any coach, you know, Carl, like most soccer coaches, knows the guys that he wants taking the risks uh, with the ball and, and trying to pull things off. And generally, and, and you know, across, you don't want your guys in the back third taking those risks is oh, what I would say. I like that Keith is completely uh, talking He's shit to guest on the show right now. Well, he's telling us the exact opposite thing. He's telling us to drive out of the back, take risks, drive balls into pockets. And you got Keith over here that's – Wait, 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 you just told me Connor doesn't really, or pardon, that Carl doesn't really like that ball. He doesn't like the 50 yard diagonal. He wants us to drive and slip little balls and be the play creator. Well, and I assume, I assume his concern is he's realizing that it's like, he doesn't want me playing 50 yard diags, but he wants me on the dribble. That's even better. Well, you look like. I'm just saying, look, if Alan or Gebhardt are flying down the wing, you gotta, if they're flying down the wing, sometimes you just gotta launch it for them. You played that thing, Connor. You played that thing on a dime. On a dime. <laughs> Dan, be honest. Did you make your O face at home <laughs> when you saw that ball? I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I saw I saw another one over the weekend from Tiago, but I think I think Turbino's was better. Well, look, let's be honest. Tiago's was with his stronger foot. This guy was playing it with his off foot. I mean, and also based on what I saw at Kiva when I played with Connor a few months ago, he's really improved his game. <laughs> <laughs> Can we mention that? That's the bar low. <laughs> this is what I'm learning in my old age. Off season is only about mental reps. It's not about physical reps. Physical reps are overrated. You just I mean, play it off in your mind enough times and you're good to go. Uh, I mean, look, I agree with the idea of the center back carrying the ball forward. I think last week I called you the Franco Bereze of USL League One. That's okay. Late career Bereze, that's that's cool. You know, you you thinking you're Tiago, you know, I'm not just, I'm not ready for that commitment. Keith, Keith's, Keith's pumping you up there, guy. We we were a little harsh on on both you and Gustavo for your for your distribution <laughs> last week. First, first game. 
<laughs> and then we said it was first game, new Era. partnership, new players. We gave you we gave you a wide berth, but uh, I mean, you had a couple of uh, listen. Let's just focus on the fifty yard diagonal. Let's not talk about what happened in the past. <laughs> you have I'm not here to talk about the past. That Tucson game. Yeah, you had, you, had a, you had a tough night distribution wise. <laughs> I'll be interested to look at those stats. <laughs> this is why we need off the lead because I, I don't know if that's actually factual. That's not the kind of stats he works in. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> he's he's working on our thrust to penetration. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Connor, uh, before you go, anything else you you want to mention to us um, about you know the return to Breeze? Um, you know. We're, we're, when you talk to some of the younger guys who had not played there before, you know, I think one of the reasons we were able to get Jake Keegan to Madison was the ma- the atmosphere as well. I mean, what what were some of the reactions of other guys after after the match? Yeah, I mean, I think all the guys were just like, oh my god, that's incredible! I was having to pump the brakes a little bit. This is only what less than a third of what Breeze holds. Like when this thing fully opens back up, like it. This place is, I keep telling you guys, and I keep saying it in interviews, and people want to call me crazy for saying it, but this is as good as a place to watch soccer as anywhere in the United States. You know, some people, LAFC, Atlanta, Portland, those are all fine and great. In terms of feel, this has everything that those menus have. And I, and I don't say that lightly, and I think some of our guys for the first time, even guys that were here last year, was the first time they got to feel that, and they felt how special it was. I had one of them. I was texting with a, a player yesterday and he just goes, I had goosebumps walking out of the locker room, but I've had them like the whole next day thinking about it. So I think like they're starting to see like what it can be. Cause like this atmosphere, you don't get to play in front of often in the United States. And I think they're starting to see how special it is. Well, well and I think, you know, breeze is just, you're, you're, it's a lucky venue and that it's in the middle of the city. You don't get that a lot it's fully enclosed, which for a lot of, you know, the, so that, and, and you have the old baseball grandstand, which keeps noise in too. So the, the flock end echoes back. Um, and then you had the mist on, on Saturday night, which made it feel even more kind of surreal when the, when that goal scored, I don't know if, uh, you know, the rest of you guys noticed that and, and that feeling um, I have to say, however, and, and um, Connor, I mean, Gebhardt was hero one. Hero 1A was the guy who managed to knock over the signboard and still keep his beer upright. That guy was the real MVP. I think the hero 1C then is the guy that managed to keep his his pants on. (laughs) He didn't get overcome by the thrusting and penetration. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. We were talking about the atmosphere and I texted at, at various points Honestly, in the in the flock end, it felt like a Roman orgy. I mean, if if a couple had had run out and started for, thrusting and penetrating in the six yard box, I would not have been shocked. <laughs> it was like so. If you watch the video, there's a video that I think Jason showed me today. Goal scored. You see the whole flock end go crazy, and there's a couple right behind the goal. They just turn around and start sucking face. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not that far off is what I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, There were, there were some (laughs) beer related heroics. I, I I don't, I didn't see it firsthand, but I learned uh, that 
uh, Amanda Klinkner in, in the flock end literally took her full beer and spiked it like a football <laughs> after the goal went in. I was sitting with Peter Wilt at the time and a 90 year old nun. Peter has the remnants of a beer. Peter jumps up and the half beer just erupts like Vesuvius all over the place. And he loses control. He may have lost control of his bowels at that point. It's unclear. He lost a lot of thrusting, a lot of thrusting. (laughs) There was a lot of thrusting. He lost total control. Uh, Kyle, David, what did you see from the flock end at that moment? Like after the goal or in the buildup to the goal at, at both points. Because I miss a good Both chunk of the buildup. Thrust and in the penetration. I miss <laughs> I miss the thrust and the penetration because I'm trying to capo, but I glance over and I saw Keegan get the ball in the box and he put in the cross. So I saw that. I glance over. It, there's chaos happening, and I just saw a ball in the back of the net, and then everything exploded. I saw the sign fall over. I was panicking. I was like, "Oh God, someone's gonna get hurt." <laughs> There's beer flying everywhere. I don't know if it was Grant. Someone elbowed me in the chest. That was great. Like, it was just chaos and pandemonium in the best way. But so I didn't see the couple sucking face. I missed that, <laughs> apparently. I missed the beer spike. I, like I said, I saw the ad board fall over and I was just like, holy shit, they won this game. Holy shit. And that was, that's pretty much what through my mind as beers flying everywhere, water's flying everywhere, people are falling over, bodies are everywhere. One comment. I can't tell from like my vantage point on the uh, ESPN plus it was kind of top corner. He kind of like buried it in the, in the, it was, uh, I don't know. Anyone Connor, can you uh, confirm? One in the net. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I saw it go. I saw it hit the net. I'm trying to like gloss it up even more. Like it was like top, top shelf. Like, he could have rolled that in in the slowest motion possible <laughs> and it wouldn't have mattered. Right. But there was the collapse of bodies in front of the goal. So, it, you know, it was a reasonable finish. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, he scuffed it in. David, what did you yep. see? Were you was, on the drums at yeah, this point? I was not on the drums. Drums were earlier. Uh, I was on the front row of the vaccinated section in the flock end. I was right next to Mike Quito, uh, fashion consultant. And we, and so the the ball went in and he hugged me and I was trying to get my head to turn to actually look to see what the hell was going on. And I couldn't get around him, but I could just, (laughs) the whole stands were like bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. So then I run down to behind the goal and who's there, but Optali, who absolutely effing molested me (laughs) again, I'm trying to look at, to see all the craziness that's going on. And he's hugging me so hard that I'm feeling my ribs cracking. And I'm like, what the hell? I just want to go see what's going on. And the stands and and the the wall falls in and people are falling onto the pitch. And I remember in Lansing when we kind of ran onto the pitch and then the security is like, get that back, get back, get back. And we're like, no, no, we're not going to get back. We're going to come out onto the the edge. It wasn't even on the pitch in in Lansing. Um, It was just, it was insane. I don't think I actually saw the ball go in. I did see Keegan cross it. And then it was just massive people right in front of me. But, uh, as, as, as everybody was saying, it was a beer shower all over. And then for some reason, I don't know how it happened after the beer had already all fallen, a whole bunch more beer was 
flying all over the place. It was there, it there was, was a beer reserve. Somebody had kept beer <laughs> in reserve for I a beer reserve. I think my I think my favorite moment on television was watch. I think it was Justin Suko who started to celebrate with the fans and then realized all the signboards were down and it was mayhem and someone was holding his shirt and he's trying to, <laughs> he realizes things have like deteriorated very quickly and he's trying to get over to the rest of the player. Like he's like all of a sudden like, Oh God, I'm by myself over here. <laughs> these, these people may swallow me whole. I may not make it back out. My pro career may end and I'll just, because all right, I, last, last question for Connor. What did you guys say once you got back? I mean, you must've been, and Jake must've been yelling at guys. Like what were, after a goal like that, where you still got to finish the game, like what are you screaming at people? Yeah. I mean, I had long enough of the run up up there. I let them have their fun. And then, <laughs> like, this isn't done. Like get back, make sure we're tuned in. You know, don't take any chances. Get back. We still give away a chance at the end of the game, but uh, just trying to make sure guys, don't get lost in this whole thing where we give up a stupid goal. I mean, it's USL. There could be nine more minutes of extra time. You don't fucking know what's going to happen. Referees, eh? <laughs> um, on a scale of one to ten, Connor, how worried were you that that VAR would would take that goal back? <laughs> Zero. VAR is useless. That's why we don't have it. Like USL is a cut above. <laughs> So usually on the podcast, we spend more time analyzing the game itself. Um, you know, honestly, we, we could talk about that, but you know, <laughs> who cares? It was back to breeze for the first time. You I, knew there was I, going to be a goal. That That's pretty much how yeah. it was. You knew there was going to be a goal. Outside of his goal, and, and maybe Connor, you know, you can comment on this. I thought Derek Gebhardt, you know, I was, was doing some research and watching the second half here before – we went, you know, recording and he had, you know, he was offside in the 60th minute, had a, a solid chance in the 75th and another kind of opportunity or 73rd minute and another chance in there in, in the 65 minute. You know, I had, I had seen some opinions as well on Twitter that he was our, you know, sort of most dangerous player going forward. You know, Connor, any, any comments about Gebhardt? What do you, what, what has he added to the side? No, he's someone who has a ton of quality and, you know, I played against him when he was in Jacksonville and then obviously he was in El Paso and then Charlotte. And he's someone that I think has always had quality, but maybe has never been looked to to be the guy as a winger. And there's a certain amount of confidence that comes from playing week in and week out and knowing that you're going to play. And I'm excited to see that because I think he could be that player for this team. So um been really, really pleased with how he is in the locker room. He's a really unassuming guy, just goes about his business, super professional. Um, I think there was a, a chance in the second half. He, I think if you talked to him, he'd say he should do better. There's a header middle of the six yard box that he doesn't connect on. But if you watch his reaction, it's not like he throws his hands up or he gets frustrated or shows anything. He turns and gets right back into position. Like that's the sort of attitude that he brings and it's infectious. You know who would have buried that? Allison Becker. Well, I was going to say, Connor. I'm going to watch Super League. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, Connor, maybe, you know, a, a few Liverpool highlights to learn his heading technique might help you going forward. Soul of the game's lost over there, Keith. The soul of the game's right here at Breeze. You don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Connor, we all know that I've sold my soul. I'm a financial advisor. My soul is long <laughs> gone. That's true. You yeah. Turn that over to the Argus long ago. <laughs> they have you it on- are the first one when the purge happens, we eat the rich, Keith. You are still number one. 
I especially I, after after that drink you and Mike ordered at the at Hotel Indigo. I I think that that's great move by us. No, so, that was bougie as hell. <laughs> well, they didn't have giant Miller High Lifes. The champagne spot of cow. Like you could have you could have gotten a beer. You decided to get this fancy ass bottle. We got brought over like we your got freaking bottle service. Bottles that we shared no, no, among the flock. Instead of ordering the champagne of beers, you ordered the beer of champagne. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Andre, was it Andre? Was it Andre sparkling wine? <laughs> it was cold duck. Cold duck. Ooh. Yeah. No, they had a ah. fine bottle of kava. So we had a bottle of kava. Two bottles nice. of kava. There may have been more bottles of kava. We passed them around. Five. There were five bottles of kava. So, Kyle, you should have had some. I saw the waiter come by with two of them, and I was like... Yeah, no, this is way too bougie for me. I'm going to sit here with my spotted cow and hang out with Sarah Scott and Tall Mingo and Ebony and have a good time there. Who's too married yet? Not uh, yet, soon. Yeah, they're getting, every time I see Sarah, she reminds me they're getting married. Uh, <laughs> because another inside joke is at the pot off, I announced that they were married and Sarah's mom was there and was like, see, see, <laughs> So she doesn't let me forget that one. Uh, disappointingly, Dan, uh, Mike Quito is actually religiously affiliated and can perform their, their ceremony. Yeah. Um, we were not invited to perform their ceremony. Um, so I'm know. one for one so far on wedding ceremonies. Uh, um, so you've been an officiant. I have. And they're still married and everything. I married my sister. I, I, that's legal in New York? Call, rephrase that rephrase <laughs> that yeah. reword that that's yes that's, my i did i did the ceremony for my sister my brother long island the the alabama of the east coast <laughs> <laughs> and in, i ended the ceremony with patrick you may now kiss my sister <laughs> that is a, that is a true story that is a quote on quote unquote Keith, is that right? Uh, it's like a tie, Patrick. You can now kiss my sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Turbo, you need to go, man. You got to go uh, take care of some uh, David, actual any, serious business. Yeah, uh, Turbo, we'll let you go. David, Any before we wrap things up on this meandering, nonsensical episode, uh, producer Paisley has had enough as well. She's barking. Final impressions. You've You've like you said, you've been to Orlando FC matches on the wall. You've, you've traveled with the team. Final impressions of, of a match at, at Bree Stevens. What were you going to interject? Dan? David, before you answer that, I want your impressions of staying at Shea Ponywaz. Cause for all of our listeners out there, David stayed with Keith this weekend and producer Paisley. So I want to hear that first. See it turbo. Oh. Thanks for coming. See you guys. Thanks for having me. So in the middle of the night, something came up and spooned me from behind. And I wasn't sure if it was drunk Keith with lots of high life in him or if it was the dog. And then I turn around and it was actually Optali, which was very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Um, the, the thrust to penetration ratio though. Uh, uh, I can't speak on that one. Um, and, uh, so, but when I got to Keith's house, uh, after the match, um, pizza magically arrived from my favorite pizza place in Madison glass nickel. That was always my favorite growing up. So that was really nice that my favorite pizza came 
Um, there was plenty of beer. I stopped by the Highbury uh, as soon as I got off the plane in Milwaukee, went right to the Highbury, met Joe Katz and uh, bought some beer from him to bring over to Madison, over to Keith's fridge. Um, and uh, it was all drunk before uh, Keith was able to get to any. So apologies. Uh, Actually, that's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, I met producer Paisley, who uh, uh, was very nice to me for most of the time we were there. And then one time I opened the door and she about lost her shit barking at me. And then she remembered who I was. And then she started wagging again. So I think she, I think she appreciated having uh, some company. All right, so your overall uh, TripAdvisor rating for Shea Pony was? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a seven out of ten. I'll take a seven out of ten, <laughs> and I will. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, would uh, uh, you know would would say that it's a, a good place to to hang out and uh, and drink beer. I have to say, David was the ideal house guest in that. You know, most mornings he was out of the house by eight o'clock, so he, I didn't have to like work like my your way. Dates. I didn't have to work my way through the hangover with him. So like that is absolutely on, true. on Sunday morning, he woke up after the match and went and volunteered at the flock community garden, which uh, in we're hoping in two weeks time to have Alexa and Aisha on to talk about the garden. Um, because one of the things that I uh, want to thank uh, head of the Mingo ladies, uh, Kelly Ferguson, or, uh, you know, prominent member of the Mingo ladies, we have not, uh, lived up to our promise of reflecting the diversity of the flock. It's been a rather male centric podcast and we haven't had as many uh, female guests on. That's a fair criticism. And so we're, we're working to rectify that. Um, but so we're hoping to have them on to talk about that project. But uh, David woke up 8 a.m. was out of the house by like 730. And then on Saturday morning, you watched cricket with Mike Quito, which I thought was going to kill you. Because I thought you guys were just going to sit and drink bitters and, you know, whatever they – and um, Pim's Cups for the cricket all day. But apparently, no. No, we watched cricket from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. until we were over at McPike Park. And we watched random-ass cricket from the, from the Czech Republic, from St. Vincent's and the Grenadines. We had one TV watching the FA Cup final uh, over in the background. We made turkey burgers, uh, and uh, um, it's actually really funny. I showed up with a dozen donuts from Greenbush, because that's right. I always had donuts growing up. And by the time I got there, Ashley had already brought a dozen donuts from Greenbush also. So we had plenty to eat from 9 to 3. But the funniest story from watching the cricket is that a neighbor who had just moved in walked over to us in the, in the courtyard uh, and she said, oh, I recognize the, the flock flag. Are you guys fans of Ford Madison? And we were like, well, yes, we are. And here's <laughs> all the things we know about Ford Madison. And she was like, oh, it's really cool. I went to University of Vermont and I played women's soccer there. And I'm three years older than Turbo, than, than, oh. than Connor Tobin. So I kind of sort of knew of him over at Vermont. And so we got to talking about uh, Ford Madison and I completely creeped her out because then I said, Oh, uh, uh, that makes you 37, 37 years old. And she's like, Oh, Oh yeah, that's exactly right. On her pretty well also. And also, um, so we talked everything about, we talked up the flock and we talked up the team and she said she had to go. And so then Mike decided to keep talking and keep talking 
and keep talking. So I think she's never going to go to any game ever. And she's never going to talk to us ever again, because we reached the point that she was hooked and then we pushed it too far. Well, here's, those, here's what we learned from the USL league one broadcast. Apparently Connor has done something to piss off the Vermont people. So, you know, this is, this is turbo's fault. I think is, you know, he's anti catamount. So don't, don't blame yourselves is what I'm going to tell you. Um, and, uh, you know, re- revealing to her that it is in fact a cult. Um, Kyle, shout out the, uh, tell us a little bit. The TIFOs looked great. The, uh, ops looked amazing on TV. Tell us a little bit about how that all went. It looked great. Yeah. So we had banners. One of the things that we wanted to do was emphasize having more of a visual presence in breeze Stevens field. If, and this was before we knew we were going to be back in breeze. That was one of the things Andrew and I had said we wanted to do was have an increased visual presence, having two 10 by 10 flags that we briefly used in 2019. We were able to have that, but with the banners, it was kind of fun. It was, you know, for those that haven't made a TIFO, it was kind of like a nice little intro for it. Cause we, obviously had to get the cloth did some tracing we used two projectors um traced it got the painting so on tuesday we were able to get the flock end and black lives matter one started both those were traced painted started and then on thursday we finished painting both of those and then we had the knock knock one as well that I got Trace painted. I mean, Andrew Grant and Kelly, um, Kristen, uh, Brendan, they were Kelly. Did I say Kelly? If I didn't, uh, Kelly again, like they all helped out as well on Tuesday. So it was very important to get those done. And we want to continue doing that. And it was kind of fun because Becca and Kate were able to come up with uh, their own kind of banner that they wanted. It's kind of, it has the cow for Leonella and Rose Cowbell. So we have that one. They were able to take the material trace painted themselves and had it ready for game day. So it was, it was good to see that all work out visually. We still want to do a TIFO. We just knew we weren't going to have time to get a TIFO pulled off by the home opener. Hopefully you get one for Omaha next week, but it was good. It was a lot of, I, I was not home a lot, so I apologize to my wife for not being home much this week between the two banner sessions and doing Walking 90, but it was good to have that done. And in terms of the audio, I mean, the drummers were fantastic. Top-notch group. Wasn't concerned about them because between Steve and all Labara and Andrew and David, you were there at one point. Like, you guys all did great. Didn't have to worry about you. Having the capos there, you know, Ian showing up, you know, Ashley showing up. Uh, Bill and Brian going for the from the excess mingles. They were able to capo. Kelly and Sarah were able to capo. It was just good to have that back. Obviously, we need to fine tune some things because there's still some rust to be knocked off. But overall, very happy with how match one went it, in terms of the match day upside. Two things. Two things. One, the TIFO. It'll be my first home match, so that's awesome. I'll get to see a Tifo. I'll get to see a Tifo. My first. I don't even. Welcome back, Keith and Fallon. Just welcome back, Fallon. It'll just be welcome back, Fallon, because I have dreams where you're ticket out. Welcome back. Welcome back. I can't confirm that is not what the Tifo is. We we have the design ready to go. That is not what the design is. Second point. I think my favorite tidbit that I've kind of, you know, kind of in 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 ingested from social media, Phil Brino's dad on the drums 
like that, like those little moments to me are what make Forward Madison like the most amazing club that I support. I mean, this kid he was one of the coolest dudes as well. Like he was coming up and he drummed and he came up. He was like, what beer do you want? I was like, I don't know. Just like, get me any beers. Like, how about I, mean, this? Like, I was like, get me any beer. All of a sudden there's like a beer on the capital stand. It was like a 32 ounce. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you know, this really guy cool. is like so proud of his kid for playing in a professional soccer match shows up. And they like, you know, and I remember Turbo's parents like standing in the flock and with Turbo, like those are the kind of moments that I, that I am looking forward to. And like, those are the kind of things that I think kind of encapsulate this club. And, um, well, you know, obviously watching the video of the signboards and all that is amazing. And then you see this, like, and I was like, wait a minute, is that Phil Brino's dad like drumming on the drums? Yep. Uh, and that's amazing. Love it. Uh, David, you uh, pitched in and everybody were like, oh yeah, you're, you're really good at the drums. Uh, may have been because you were a music major in, in college. You were a little bit of a ringer. I guess a little bit. I'm walking by the, I was just walking by the, the front of the flock band and Andrew's like, get up here. I have drums for you. I'm like, okay. So I start banging on the drums and he starts giving me direction. I'm like, I got it. And so I started following along and I know the chants obviously pretty well. So I was able to follow pretty good. And uh, yeah. And then Keith afterwards was like, you know, or Andrew was like, yeah, he was a natural. And I'm like, yeah, I will. I was a music major and pre-med. Uh, uh, I played music forever. So uh, no offense to drummers out there, but uh, uh, I was able to jump on the drums and jump on the drums and do pretty well without too much training. But I think what, what, uh, you know, first of all, not too much training, uh, you probably fall asleep at night listening to the recordings of the, the flock chants and studying the time signatures. So, you know, there's, Oh, he's listening to our podcast in 1.8 time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we were actually lucky that he wasn't playing too fast. Right. We had a, we had a conversation at at Old Break that we had a conversation at Old Break that when I, when he heard us talking, it sounded like we had been huffing nitrous (laughs) and we were, Talking so slowly, <laughs> which so actually what I, what I did was been, I <laughs> taken just the right amount of air out of my tires when I when I'm driving my car, so that as I'm driving on the highway, it's doing the flock chant and 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 the drumming that goes along with it as I go, so I can sing along with it and I'm hearing the drums in the background. It's perfect. Um, but I think Kyle, you bring up. Um, the stuff that you see on game day requires a lot of effort, but it's a lot of fun too. Um, in terms of, I think, you know, people who've participated in painting the TIFOs or doing stuff with the TIFOs can talk about how it's a fun kind of activity. Um, it takes time. And one thing, if you're a new listener to the podcast, though, you're not going to be a repeat listener, let's be honest. <laughs> so while we have you briefly, especially this episode, <laughs> yeah, we would like you to volunteer for the flock, uh, help out the, the, the organ organizers, whatever skills you have, chances are the flock could use them. I mean, you're not going to find two less skilled people than Dan Fallon and I, and yet, you know, the flock has figured out ways to use us being vertical and breathing to their advantage at various points. I mean, Uh, I was not, I had no experience being a capo before. I have no experience, like trying to organize how to make banners and TFOs. Like you can learn. It's very, it's something you can learn. It's very simple. We're willing to help. We, I mean, we try our best to explain as simple as possible, but you can learn it. It's something you can pick up very easily. And hell, if, even if you just want to show up and paint, that's fine. Have some beers and show up and paint. That's nothing wrong with that. That's always helpful. 
and you know with the community garden and and all of those things there are just so many opportunities for people to get involved with the club and and deepen their involvement because i think one of the things that makes forward madison unique and one of the real things that the the organizers have have tried for is to make this a place that if you like soccer and you're coming to madison it and you know you you know madison for the long time was if you moved to madison you had to get into U- university of wisconsin badger sports if you like sports this is another avenue and even if you you know, for a lot of people, you know, the game day experience isn't just about soccer. I mean, I have watched soccer all over the world and watched lots and tons and tons of soccer and the, all the other emotions on Saturday night made just settling in to watch a soccer match almost impossible in the way that I usually watch a soccer match um, because it was just so overwhelming. Um, and so, you know, if you're new to Madison, there, the club offers, or the the club and and the flock, or offers so many interesting ways to deepen your involvement with the city of Madison beyond just you know being a supporter of this team. That um, reach out to Andrew, reach out to Kyle, Kyle Coche, which is Spanish for car, on uh, on the Twitter machine. Uh, reach out to the flock on Twitter. Reach out to David if you're in Florida because he'll carpool you and Audie Jepson's girlfriend to matches. Um, you know he'll he'll do everything. You know, but um, it, it's really a great way. And hopefully, you know, from the the sort of irreverent spirit of this podcast and looking at that first match, you realize that yeah, the match days are awesome, but it's so much more. It's a series of running jokes, a series of adventures, series of, of activities, series of um, support for the club that um, is really, really unique in American soccer and, and American sports. And if I had emotions, um, I, might, I might be weeping. But fortunately, years of being, uh, being raised very, very white have killed all of my <laughs> uh, Any last words, Dan, David, Kyle? I will say from my perspective, this was a very strange weekend. I've had a very, obviously Saturday was a little weird. I was looking forward to the match all day. Could not go in person. And then I, 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 you know, I gotta be honest, my reaction to it, like to the goal, I just started laughing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even like, I didn't cry, which I, and I'll admit it. Like I'm a guy, I cry all the time. Didn't cry. I was just laughing. I was like, this is fucking amazing and it was hilarious watching people fall onto the field and it all happening and you know i know we're we're not you know like i'm sorry chairman schmidt but then the next day you know this other team that i like scored maybe even like one of the most insane goals at the end of a match i just started laughing and like i'd been having a hard time with football lately and soccer right football slash soccer and this was a really nice weekend to kind of remind me of like why we do this and why we're into this and why we commit time and resources. Uh, yes, it is about the matches, but it's about the the feeling and the atmosphere and the people you get to meet along the way. And it was great to meet, you know, hang out with David. We'd met before in Richmond, but, um, you know, to have a beer at, at, uh, at, at Ulbrick and to hear a little bit more about, you know, we'd never really talked. And so, you know, that's what this is all about. And, uh, it was 
despite not being at the match. Uh, it was, which just seems like so insane. I mean, just so. Dan Dan had neither thrust nor penetration this week. Neither, neither. Fully flaccid. Fully, yeah. fully flaccid. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say here, the only positive, the only positive was that uh, as a younger person, when I used to vomit, generally from alcohol, uh, I would blow all the blood vessels in my face because I would, uh, like, you know, you can all imagine. I didn't do that. So positive. It was a positive. By by the way, between organic matter in your bed last week and your vomit discussion this week, this is turning the Dan Fallon bodily function podcast. <laughs> if anyone's worried about me, I'm actually doing... A-okay. A-okay. <laughs> Remind me never next to come and spoon you in your is, Yeah. <laughs> ne- next week, the podcast is canceled because we're doing an intervention. Um, Kyle, David. So we said... Well, I was going to let David I got I just like spilled my guts. I need... Well, and puked I'll, my guts. I'm going to let David go first. Guts. Okay, all right. So I have been to five Ford Madison matches in person, uh, four on the road and one uh, in Madison. And Ford has won four out of those five matches, which I think that's pretty good for soccer odds for soccer results. Uh, and I am uh, was lucky enough to be at the first ever Ford Madison win when they were down at OCB. And then I was very lucky to be at Richmond, which is an amazing experience. And Lansing, that was an amazing experience. Jesus. And then now this, and now the back at Breeze. I know. I it's it's. <laughs> if David's it's going to a match, insane. I'm fucking in. <laughs> uh, so, he's like, uh, it's like five know, eight yeah, seventy seven all the time for David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all every day, every day. So, and a lot of people know I'm bringing ten people to the May 29th away game in Tormenta. Uh, a couple of people from Wisconsin, a few from Georgia, a bunch from Florida. We're, we're, car, we're carpooling, car caravanning. We're packing into my wife's minivan. Um, I'm trying to convince her to let me use some of that, like paint that, that, that washes off. Like if you're going to like a, uh, like a all day soccer event kind of thing as a kid <laughs> trying to convince her. Uh, and, uh, so we're going to try to make some flock in South, uh, in Tormenta. So, uh, I know the only people who listen to this pod are actually on this pod currently, but <laughs> if there's anybody listening who's in the Southeast who wants to come hit me up, I, there's extra room at the Airbnb. There is room at the end. And, uh, so we can, uh, crash in and, uh, get, uh, get a supporter section going in, in the South flock. And then three days later, I'm driving down to Fort Lauderdale to see the away game down there as well. So I'm, three games in a span of four to begin the season so i'm pretty pumped about that i love it yeah i guess what i would say is after all the shit of 2020 and being back at breeze it felt like from friday just meeting up with people and having drinks and then saturday being at mcpike park showing up to the match everything that happened with the match everything that happened after the match it felt like 2019 all over again and that was such a great feeling and the fact that i was able to bring sterling to a few of those events and i was able to bring emma and sterling 
That was pretty cool as well. You know, it's kind of tough. Obviously, he's not going to be able to go to as many games because his bedtime is right at kickoff. And I, I'm i not the kind of parent that's going to try and shuttle back and forth, but just being able to bring him along. And it's kind of funny. Everyone kept saying, you know, holy crap, he's grown so much because the last time most of them saw Sterling in person, he was strapped to my chest, maybe eight pounds and was at a bar. That was the Chicago Fire announcement. So for a lot of people, that's it's been... 13 14 months since then it's to see him grow and everyone like noticing it it was kind of fun bringing him as well he ate one of the falafels that grant had made so shout out grant uh you have a customer in sterling if you ever make more falafels so it was just good to like bring him along and bring my wife along it's kind of like it was nice having that be some and it felt normal it felt like it just felt natural so happy about that everyone get your vax and hopefully we can continue to do this as much as we can Excellent. So we'll be back next week. We may take our responsibilities as uh, of analyzing the match. Uh, more well, there's not even a match when we come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, no other podcast is going to give you the in-depth analysis of beer explosions at the winning goal that we gave. So um, until next time, we say forwards, not backwards, upwards, not forwards, and always twirling, twirling, twirling.